Hello, hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mandy Mayer Podcast, the number one fat loss podcast in the entire, wait for it, the entire Militin, Militin, for those that didn't get the first part. And the reason for that is, I think, it is the only fat loss podcast. Actually, it could very well be the only podcast in Milnerton. I stand corrected though. In this episode today, I'm going to be chatting to you about emotional cravings and emotional eating. So if this is something that you do struggle with, I do suggest that you listen to the entire episode because I'm going to give you some tips, some strategies, some techniques to work on this as you move forward. Before I do get into this episode, I do want to state that there is a big difference between emotional cravings and emotional eating and binge eating. So if you do feel that you struggle with binge eating or that you could potentially have a binge eating disorder, I would strongly suggest and highly advise that you do seek professional help as this is purely just a episode that is going to be touching on emotional cravings and how to deal with those emotions, which is very different to a eating disorder at the end of the day. So again, I am not a medical doctor or a binge eating disorder specialist at the end of the day. Always keep that in mind. The information that I'm going to share and chat about in this episode will help you with cravings, general cravings, emotional cravings. It will help you with overindulging in certain foods or foods for that matter, whether it just be from an overindulgence point of view or whether it be from an emotional point of view. Now, I often, very often hear people labeling themselves as emotional eaters. Hey, Mandy, I'm an emotional eater. And I often think to myself, is that an identity that we, you, all of us have potentially created for ourselves? And now that we've created that identity over the years as an emotional eater, it might be very difficult to break that identity because we fully believe that that is who we are. So again, you want to first of all look at saying, is this an identity that you have created for yourself? And is overindulgence or turning to food for emotions habitual? Has it become a habit for you over the years because of the identity that you have created for yourself? In this episode, I am going to touch on a lot of sensitive spots, pain points, if you will, but it's really going to make you think, especially when it comes to tackling those emotions head on. Because what do we as humans do with emotions or things that we don't want to deal with? We ignore them and we ignore them. But the moment an outsider like myself asks you to dig deep, someone you don't know, like me, that's the moment where you actually might start thinking about what is causing those emotions. And you know what? That's a fucking great starting point. I think the biggest problem lies in the fact that things get ignored because they seem too quote-unquote difficult to deal with. And every time something around that emotional issue arises, that's when you could potentially turn to food. So instead of dealing with the underlying problem, you then turn to food as a coping mechanism to soothe or su suppress particular emotions. But because you haven't dealt with the underlying or the root of the cause, let's put it that way, because you haven't dealt with that, you immediately turn to food 
And that's where you've identified or labeled yourself as an emotional eater without even tackling the root of the problem, the cause of the problem at the end of the day. But I ask you with tears in my baby green eyes, how are you going to combat or navigate the eating part of the emotions if you have not tackled the problem head on? Because that problem is going to be there until you tackle it head on. And you cannot set up strategies for the eating side of things. I mean, you can set up strategies, but if those emotions are always going to be there, the chances of the strategies working long term are not really great. So you really need to tackle those emotional needs head on at the end of the day. So I'll use a real life scenario with myself, Mandy, Mandy Mayer. Mandy Mayer hated her job and she wasn't particularly happy in her relationship. All of this was causing unnecessary stress, some added extra little emotions. So what she did, she's now speaking of herself in, in, in a third person, she would then go to the pub after work, right? So that's what I did. I would go to the pub after work because I found comfort in having a couple of drinks after work because of everything emotional or stressful that I was dealing with. Yes, the issue with that, that solution is very short term. It only works in the moment. So again, I would turn to booze. A lot of people turn to food. You see comfort in the food. I see comfort in the alcohol. Okay. What happens is, as I said, it is very short term. So in that moment, you feel great. It feels like it is helping your problems or it feels like it is soothing the emotions. The moment you stop eating that food or the moment I walked away from the pub, I still had those exact same fucking problems that I had to deal with the next day. So the next day after work, I went to the pub again. And the same could be happening with you. That cycle does not end until you address the root of the cause, until you address the problem, the underlying problem, that cycle will not end. And as you can see, every day after work, because I hated the job, I went to the pub and I was looking for comfort or an escape even. I was looking for an escape. But the next day when I woke up, it was still there. And that was a vicious cycle. And eventually it became habitual. So now it became a habit because, and it's like my car was on autopilot, just straight to the pub, boom. That's how habitual it was. That's how much of a habit it became. And exactly the same cycle takes place when it comes to emotional eating and everything else that goes with it. It becomes such a habit at the end of the day. And you then need to look at breaking that habit. But like I said, you need to attack. Attack's not the right word. You need to address the underlying issue. So when I started on my fat loss expedition, my let's get Mandy healthy expedition, I immediately identified the pub as or the drinking or drinking for as a coping mechanism or to soothe the whatever fuck fucks what's what's. I immediately identified that as a potential hurdle or a big problem within my health expedition. And I was like, cool, it's the job that's causing this, right? So, well, that was the main factor, I want to say. That was the factor I was going to tackle first, 
right? So immediately I said to myself, cool, what can you do about that? You can start looking for another job. And in the process or in the meantime, whilst you're looking for another job, you need to break that habit of going to the pub. And how are you going to break that habit of going to the pub? You're going to create a new habit that aligns with your goals. And what I did then was instead of going to the pub, right? I took my car off autopilot now, Morse. Instead of going to the pub, I then went home and I went for a little evening walk after work. So I immediately could see I was creating a new habit whilst in the background I was trying to work on the root of the problem as well by trying to find a new job. So let's jump into three points here as to what you can do to start navigating your emotional cravings or cravings or emotional eating or overindulgence. Number one, know your triggers, right? This is of utmost importance. Don't ignore those fucking triggers. I know deep down inside you already know what the triggers are, but don't ignore them. Identify what your triggers are. Write them down. Learn what situations or events trigger negative feelings for you and may tempt you to turn to food for comfort. So identify those things. It could be when you and your boyfriend or girlfriend have a fight. It could be when your boss shouts at you. It could be at the end of the month when you know that there's hardly any funds in your account and debit orders are going to start coming off. It could be absolutely anything that triggers you. Identify those triggers so that you know for the future. If you know, you can do something about it. If you ignore your triggers, the cycle of emotional or overeating is not going to end. Identify your triggers. Number two, Keep a food and mood journal for the week. This can be a great start, right? So, and I'm not just saying for one week. I said for the week, meaning a weekly food and mood journal. So every time you consume something, write down how you were feeling before, during, and after you were eating that meal, snack, or drink. Write down on the hunger scale, pick a number from 1 to 10, 1 being not hungry at all, 10 being exceptionally uncomfortably full, write down a number of how you felt before you ate the food, during and after you were eating the food on that sort of scale, hunger scale, because that's going to help you assess or help you identify was it necessary to eat that food then, was it necessary to have the second plate, etc, etc. Even go as far as writing down what you were doing whilst you were eating. Were you sitting at the kitchen counter? Were you in your bedroom watching TV? Were you in the lounge watching TV? Was it because you were at the shop and the cashiers at clicks were pissing you off so you just bought a slab of chocolate? Mandy, don't speak of yourself here. Okay, third person again. And write these things down. There is so much importance in keeping that food and mood journal, especially if you know you are prone to emotional cravings and overindulgence. Now I know this may seem like a very time-consuming task right at the start, but doing this activity of writing down or keeping 
a food and mood journal is so beneficial because it's going to help give you that powerful data on the relationship between your feelings and your eating habits. Once you've collected data for, let's say, two weeks, you can then start looking at the trends and the and the patterns. And that is then going to help you identify even more things about your emotional and your eating habits at the end of the day. Like I always say, you can never have too much data. Because the more data you have, the more you can set up strategies to help you navigate and combat certain things on this health expedition of yours. Number three, know the difference between physical and emotional hunger. Now, I know you're probably thinking, oh, this sounds so silly, but it is quite important because there's a big difference between your physical hunger and your emotional hunger. Your emotional hunger hits you smack bang boom out of the middle of nowhere and all you're doing is craving calorie-dense foods. One specific food, that's what you're craving. You're going to stop at nothing to get it. Whereas with your physical hunger, it happens over time and you crave a variety of different foods and you would then easily be able to stop when you feel full. But it's so important to know the differences between these hungers so that if a hunger hits you in that moment, you can then easily identify that hunger and say, near bluxem, no, no, this is just a craving or this is actual hunger and I'm going to consume food to take that hunger away. And as I do with all my members that I've worked with is I place a lot of emphasis on creating a solid meal frequency throughout the day. So if you have breakfast at a certain time of the day, stick to having breakfast at that time of the day. If you have lunch at a certain time of the day, have lunch that same time of the day every single day and the same goes for dinner. Now why you ask? Because your body then gets used to the time that you consume food. So it's going to start asking you for that food more or less at the same time every single day. Now you've created that solid meal pattern or frequency. If a hunger hits you out of the blue at a time where you don't usually eat, you can then easily identify that as a unwanted craving and you can be mindful or make a mindful decision in that moment to say, no, 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 I know you are craving and I'm not going to fall for this shit right? So again, that's that's so important that you do create that meal frequency or meal pattern. And it goes without saying that skipping meals is not a great idea either. So you'll skip, say, lunch because you might not have felt hungry in that moment. Then all of a sudden, just before dinner, an hour or two before dinner, you can't hold out any longer because you've skipped lunch. And that's why you would then go to the rust cupboard or to the pantry or the snack cupboard or whatever, right? So again, that's also why creating a solid meal frequency is of utmost importance. Now, let's say you've identified that hunger as a craving or an emotional hunger what you can do then is say, try and put it off. Try and put it off for a little bit, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Remember, as I, like I said in the beginning, is a lot of the, the unwanted snacking might take place out of habit. So what you've got to try and do is say, you know what, let's try and crack or break that habit. What can we do? Let's say it hits you at work, for example. If you have the chance to get up from your desk and take a quick walk outside, get some fresh air, take a quick walk back to your desk, that could be an option. If you're at home and that craving hits, 
try and replace it, like I said, with another habit. Maybe pop five squats. Maybe take the skipping rope. Go for a skip outside. Maybe go for a brisk two-minute, three-minute walk outside. Just so that you can try to start replacing that habit with a habit that aligns with your current goals. And yes, three more techniques or strategies that can help you as well in the moment when it comes to your emotional cravings or cravings, like I said, anything over indulgence. Number one, always practice mindful eating. Never mind mindful eating. Always try and be as mindful in the moment. So when it comes to mindful eating, for example, what I used to do was I would eat in the car. I would eat in front of the TV. I would eat whilst I'm walking from the takeaway joint to the car. And there were so many distractions that I couldn't even remember that I was eating. So you eat and you actually totally forget that you've eaten because you were not present in the moment. You were not mindful in the moment. So try and remove any distractions when you are consuming your food. Sit down at a designated eating area. So whether it be at your kitchen table or if you're at work, try and move away from your laptop or at least close your computer or put it on sleep mode and take five minutes to eat your food without any distractions so that you can Engage your senses and you can also slow down whilst you're eating. That's really going to help you acknowledge that you have consumed that food. It's going to help you assess on a hunger scale how full you are during and after consuming that food, which I said to you in this episode as well, that's quite important. So again, slow down when you are consuming that food, be mindful and be present in the moment. Now, I know that might sound silly, but like I said, if you are distracted when you are consuming food, a lot of the times you don't feel full because you're not registering that you are consuming food. Be present in the moment, be as mindful as possible and work on that food and mood journal after you've consumed your food. Number two, be prepared. Okay, so now, like I said in the beginning of this episode, you've identified your trigger points. Now you know your trigger points, okay? You've identified those trigger points. Now prepare yourself in case they do arise in the future. I say in case, but for when they do arise in the future. So a strategy that I like using or helping people to use is the if then scenario. And what that is, is you then develop a plan to help you in the future for things that you have struggled on in the past. So think of something that you've struggled with during the past. Things, like I said, your trigger points, what has triggered you to emotional eating or to overindulgence. Identify that, then set up a if-then scenario. So if that happens, then you'll do this. So for example, if you had an awful day and you feel overwhelmed with a lack of routine, then you would have usually gone to the snack cupboard. Now with the if-then scenario, say, if you had an awful day and you feel overwhelmed with a lack of routine, 
then you'll call your friend for a chat. So you can see where I'm going with this if-then scenario. If you are feeling upset after watching the news or reading the newspaper or fucking load shedding and you get a craving for ice cream, then you'll sit down and try doing a crossword puzzle. So immediately you're changing the then scenario. Instead of turning to food, you then turn into something else that is going to keep your mind occupied and take your mind off those cravings that you do have. If you are bored at home, after you've eaten dinner and you have time to kill, then you would usually snack and Netflix. But now, if you are bored after dinner and you have time to kill, then you will sit down and journal and set up a plan of action for the next day. So immediately, you're changing that then scenario. You're changing your plan. You're changing your action that you're going to take. And you put in an action in place that is going to keep your mind occupied and an action that aligns with your current goals. So being prepared for emotional cravings ahead of time can help you better manage them in the moment. I'll say that again. Being prepared for your emotional cravings ahead of time can help you better manage them in the moment. And then point number three or technique or factor number three, very important one, is forgive yourself as soon as you overindulge, right? The reason I say this is because I know with myself as well, as soon as something doesn't go according to plan, I tend to get very angry with myself and I tend to stay stuck in the moment. The only way you're going to move on from that moment is to forgive yourself immediately, to know that it happens and to know, cool, yes, you've overindulged. What can you learn from it? That's where you look at the positives and you say, you know what, yes, it did happen, but it is going to happen. It is normal for it to happen. I'm not a monster for it happening. It takes place. What can I learn from it and what strategies can I put into play to help navigate it in the future? But the moment that you stay stuck in that, in those negative feelings or in that feeling of guilt and you don't forgive yourself and move on, that's where it becomes very tricky because you that's where the actual cycle continues and continues and continues because now you've overindulged, you've eaten too much food, it wasn't part of the plan, you feel shitty about it, you feel guilty about it, and instead of letting it go and forgiving yourself, you stay stuck in the moment. What does that do? It causes more extra added emotions. The moment you have that, you again try and seek comfort. Maybe you turn to food for comfort, and that's a vicious fucking cycle. So as tough as it is, take a moment to say, you know what? Fuck it happened. And it's okay. It is okay because I can use it as a learning curve as I move forward. And look at yourself in the mirror if you must and say, you know what? It's fine. It's hundred percent fine. It's normal. Every single person has a day or two or three or four where they overindulge and they eat a ridiculous amount of calories, right? Some people call it a cheat day. I would prefer that we don't call it a cheat day because that also adds more guilt to it because the word cheat is, it's a fucked up word if I'm very honest. And we don't want to put that to food. We don't want to use the word cheat and food in the same sentence because it's just got such a negative sort of stigma attached to it. You overindulged. You ate a little bit more calories than you usually would. And that's 100% fine. 
So again, you want to forgive yourself. You also want to take away the guilt that comes associated with food. So instead of labeling foods as good food and bad food, or I'm allowed to have this, or I'm not allowed to have this, or like I said, this is cheating. Don't use those words. Use words of, this is part of my plan today, this isn't part of my plan today, or I want to have this today, or I don't feel like having this today. I'm going to consume higher calories today because I feel like consuming higher calories today. Your vocab when it comes to this journey also plays a much bigger role than you think. Because imagine now you label something as bad and you are not allowed to have it. Let's use, for example, a chocolate. You say, oh, chocolate's bad. I'm not allowed to have chocolate. If I have chocolate, it is cheating. Now, let's say a week down the line, you have a chocolate. Immediately, you're going to feel so much fucking guilt because you've labeled it as bad, you've labeled it as not allowed to have, and you've labeled it as cheat. And the moment you have that, you're going to feel guilt and you're going to struggle to forgive yourself. If you remove those words and you say, I can have chocolate as part of the plan, I just don't feel like having it today. And then let's say, for example, you do add it as part of the plan and you have that chocolate, you're like, yeah, I don't feel guilty about it at all because it was on my plan. It was on my plan for today and I stuck to the plan. Can you? It, it, it's mind-blowing to actually take a moment to think about how your vocab matters and how it also plays a big role with the emotional eating side of things because the chocolate was part of the plan. You had it. There's no guilt associated with it at all. Boom, bang, you move on and you don't stay stuck in that moment for a long time. So let's recap quickly. Number one, you're going to want to tackle that problem head on, that emotional problem, tackle it head on. Stop ignoring the things that are bothering you. Work on them and tackle them head on. Number two, know your triggers. Identify your triggers. Know your triggers. Number three, keep a food and mood journal. I know it sounds tedious. I know it sounds like a task, but this is going to be so beneficial for you at the end of the day. Number three, know the difference between your physical hunger and your emotional hunger, right? So create that meal frequency so that you can identify what hunger is hitting you when, and then you can have a plan of action for that. Number four, practice mindful eating. Remove those distractions. Don't try not eat in front of the TV. Try not eat when you're on a phone call. Try and get a set designated area where you sit down and you eat and you can actually assess your hunger levels at that moment. You can assess your satiety levels at that moment. So try and rem remove your distractions whilst you are consuming your food. Number whatever, five, be prepared be prepared so if it does happen or it hits you in the future, you have those if-then scenarios. If it happens, then this is what I am going to do. Have that at hand so that you don't need to wing those cravings or that hunger that hits you immediately. Then learn to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself if you do overindulge. Don't get stuck in the moment. And also look at the way you speak about your food. Look at the way you speak about your journey or your expedition. And try not use words that create a negativity around it. Try and use words that don't bring about guilt and that aren't associated with failure at the end of the day. 
if at any point you feel that you have learned something from this episode or you feel that, shit, you know what, maybe now I have got to the root of that problem, I'd really appreciate it if you do drop a review or a rating on this podcast. And I'm going to love and leave you like I usually do. Keep smiling, keep laughing and keep being kind to one another. Much love. Your friend who had multiple coping mechanisms that were not necessarily great. Mandy.